0: This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm going to kill Jared Duncan later. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're going through the growing pains of our ambitions outweighing our abilities and skills while watching spine number 65 in the Criterion Collection, Wes Anderson's Rushmore from 1998. But first, RJ,
1: I saw your mom this weekend. Hey, now. I did. Red, cow yeah I know uh, I heard that you two attended an event together yes. not together in the uh um universal sense but together in the uh theatrical sense
0: e- indeed what? <laughs> I don't know yeah what was all that about uh, I don't know uh, yep so you yeah. told me off yeah I saw your mom mm-hmm. I, I yeah. still haven't like really went and chatted her and said hey I know your son or anything like that um, cause it would she just, wouldn't like that anyways no she, she'd be like what and then she'd probably uh. like make judgments about me being friends with you so yep. it's just better that way mm-hmm. so where did you see this uh, fine lady well RJ uh, my sister got married this weekend and, mm. mm-hmm, and her to my mom uh, no to her fella whose father is currently dating your mother true yes very true
1: it's all very. Yeah, it's a small it's, world, it's all isn't getting,
0: it? Yeah, it's all getting really incestuous
1: in this town. Yeah, this is. Uh, this happened off, off screen, off panel, if yeah. you will. But about a year ago, when we started this podcast, uh, it was brought to our attention that um, that this was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, we were driving by an establishment, and I was like, "Oh yeah, my uh, mom is dating the guy who owns that place." And you were just like, "Huh? <laughs> what?" what double take because you're Uh, like i know that guy he's my (laughs) sister's boyfriend's dad uh, yeah so it was a it was a it's a small world you know it really people don't realize but creepsville only has like 12 people so Mm -hmm. because we didn't even know each other that well either no
0: not not really and then just like everything just keeps adding up Coming, yep. coming up millhouse as some Everyth- folks say
1: <laughs> yeah everything's coming up millhouse yeah. um yeah no that's a that happens all the time in this fucking place man mm-hmm. there's all these people who are like oh yeah i know that guy it's like oh that guy that guy d- does butt stuff and you're like huh all these weird things that happen coincidental small town type of deals yeah it's so. real
0: sad lots of uh, like eyes a little too close together
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. lots of uh uh, defects (laughs) yeah at least they only have to wear one goggle in their pool that's right yeah no there's not too many defects maybe a lot of fetal alcohol syndrome but that's a (laughs) totally different thing uh yeah nothing nothing is more funny than fas
0: yeah and if you have Uh,
1: it Ooh. yeah i was gonna say something like we're there with you but i don't know i don't have it so I don't have that much sympathy for it because I can't relate.
0: Uh, so, RJ, uh, how was your weekend? Not, uh, not getting married. Not seeing, not, your, not, not seeing your mom, I'm assuming.
1: No, I didn't see her because uh, her and uh, she was off at the shindig. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone asked me on Monday morning how my weekend was. And I, I, I'm going to tell you what I told them. I don't remember. Hmm. And, it, and it's not because I was drunk like normal. It was just I I think I did so little this weekend that it's like I honestly don't fucking remember what happened. Right. I well Andrea did take me to an apple festival that uh, the downtown <laughs> was supposed to have uh-huh. and what a shitty festival. Oh. There's like there's like three people like selling their crusty old apples <laughs> from their backyard. We 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 literally we walked up to it and she looked and she said, "Kate." And we just we just kept, walked right by yeah. didn't even stop. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, Kate." yeah I
0: believe while I was uh, at the wedding you sent me a message about this Apple fest and I was like,
1: what in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to see if uh, it was a real thing and uh, clearly it wasn't. Mm. So uh yeah, no that oh I remember now. yeah, I actually I wound up on the roof of a local establishment club cigar on Saturday night. Oh, I've been up there. Yeah, I got a, a. There's a really nice loft up there yeah. that you can walk out on the roof. I got a picture for you. Mm-hmm. I'll, sh- I'll show you later, man. Yeah. But the, yeah, I was up in the downtown, up on roofs, looking mm-hmm. at dudes. It's pretty cool. Looking at dudes. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, actually, we, I used to
0: know the people who rented that apartment above that uh, the cigar shop, and uh, mm-hmm. I remember hanging out on that roof. A few years ago, in like kind of like no winter almost, it was it was all right. Mm -hmm. Sounds made up. Had a winter jacket. Um, Yeah, it was
1: fantastic.
0: I I think you made that up. There there was a lot of there was alcohol at the time, so that was a while ago (gasps) when I was a a drinking man.
1: My God, I've only ever seen Jared drink one time, and he didn't even finish it. I had to finish his drink for him. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, you know, you had a couple, but you didn't finish your last one, Mm -hmm. which I don't I don't abide by. Much like my man, Stephen King. When he sees someone not finishing the drink, he goes over and he tells him what's what. Yeah. Because he says, if I could, I would drink it, man. Hmm. Don't leave that shit. Well, What are we talking about? I don't know. Hey, RJ, what you been creeping Yo. on? Uh, shit. Uh, just a bunch of junk. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched uh, some pretty okay movies. I watched one piece of shit that you forced into my life i did uh, not I, you totally did i i would have never had this movie in my possession if you had not lent it to me and it is one of the worst movies of the year with me this one's up there with apollo 18 holy shit oh man this movie was so fucking bad and to be honest so i watched the hidden 2 so i talked about the hidden last week yeah. and this movie is so fucking boring. That it's, it's unwatchable. I watched that whole fucking thing. I did it for you. I did it for the show. Mm-hmm. I did it for the fans because I'm committed, damn it. Yeah. But this movie is so fucking bad. Like it is essentially the same plot as the first one. But the first one is like super cool and has all these like wicked moments. And it's it's fun and it's like, ooh, gross. And it's got metal music. And this one just throws it all away. And it's just like, hey, there's an alien. We should get it. Okay, let's get the alien then. Boom, boom. And then there's like a walking scene for like 20 minutes. Hmm. This movie fucking sucks, Jarrett. Sucks. (laughs) And you forced it on me. I hate it so bad. It was was really inconsistent and it was like there's a new alien guy who's like really deadpan at first, but then later he has these emotional reactions that don't fit with his character, even though it's like – they try to say that like he's coming out of becoming a person, but he's not, and oh, it's it's so stupid. It's so stupid, Jer. There's no cool butt thong scenes like that first one had. Yeah. Or uh, rockets or metal music. It's just a total bunch of bullshit. And you know what? The first fucking fifteen minutes of this movie are the last fifteen minutes of the la- other er, of the first movie. Yeah. Fifteen minutes, Jer. <laughs> So I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. But okay. This is one of the worst movies I watched all year, and it's your fault, and I hate you because <sighs> you're a bad person.
0: Yeah. Well, okay? I
1: lent that two pack with
0: for uh-huh. the for the intention of you watching just the hidden. It's it was your error.
1: To... What well, didn't happen, pal? When you lend me something, I watch it. I might not watch it for a year after into, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll watch what you lend me eventually. So that one's on you. So anyways, what did I watch after that? Oh, I watched uh one of your favorite Marvel franchises, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I oh, watched yeah. that movie. And that movie was very fine. Uh, it hasn't even been a week, and I can't even remember it. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's a, a good mark? No. Um, Anyway, like, it has a lot of the same kind of charm and fun that the first one did. Like, it's got some good jokes. Like, James Gunn's a kind of a quirky dude. I like him uh drax is really funny and uh baby groot is really cute Mm -hmm. but uh he does really mean stuff to him like there's people pouring beer on him and bullying him and andrea thought that was really sad she's like i don't know why they have to bully baby groot in this movie seems like a shitty thing to do and it was um but at the end of the day it this movie is like two and a half hours long and it's super bloated and they like it's the same fucking movie as the first one but they tried to do a, like way more stuff and at the end of the day it's just another like superhero villain who's like I'm going to blow up the universe and it's like who cares? You know. It's like who cares, Kurt Russell? Bro. It's, it's all the same shit. It's just all like, the same shit. Yeah. The movies like, Mm-hmm. there was a few things i thought were like really funny um it was mostly drax there was a scene where uh, that mantis girl gets hit by like a rock or something and falls over and then there's like a solid two seconds and then he's like hey look out because he's right beside her i thought that was really funny hmm well that's okay <laughs> so another very fine movie and then uh i watched um uh, no, I'll, I'll wait for a second. I also read a book this week, Jared, You can. that I never talked about, but I will now since I'm not really going to talk about any movies. Okay. So, uh, this is a book that you got for me through an interlibrary loan. Yes. Do you remember this book? Uh, yeah, it's
0: called, like it's got a weird convoluted title, something about uh, Spindrift and Psychic
1: Seas. <laughs> It is called Spindrift Spray from a Psychic Sea. There you go. And uh, I tasked you with this a long time ago. I think maybe in ghoul Schools, because uh, it was a book I heard about that was written in the 70s. Yeah. And uh, it's it was a really limited print, and it's really hard to track down. You can get one on eBay for like a hundred bucks, but I ain't gonna cash out that kind of dough. No. So uh, you uh, you were nice enough. You went and did the hard the heavy lifting at a library. And uh, one from the University of Alberta got shipped in. Mm -hmm. And I read that bad boy. And so the reason I was interested in this book is it kind of has this uh, not like. What's it about? It's kind of okay. It's like an infamous book because there was this lady. It's a memoir that a lady wrote and she was seeing things in her house. They moved into a new house and she thought she was getting haunted. There was like things that she saw and presences and stuff like that. And so she wrote this memoir. And then before it came out, she died. And some people say she had a heart. Yeah. See, this is why this book is infamous. I didn't even know. Some people say she had a heart attack. Skeptics believe ghosts killed her. And then there's an alternative. (laughs) Like skeptics believe that ghosts caused the heart attack. But there's an alternative claim that she killed herself. Oh, okay. And, it's, and both of them are kind of like up in the air. Like no one really knows what happened. Mm-hmm. Or there's like this big conspiracy for the other one that was strong enough that it it's gotten to the point now 50 years later where it's like, we don't know what happened. Um, so that's why I want to read this was because it was like this lady who basically wrote a big diary about how she was getting haunted and then she actually died. So that's all the book is about. <laughs> this book is really fucking weird. Um it is a dense densely written uh, tome. Uh she this lady was either very well educated or she had she did a lot of book read. It was clear she did a lot of book reading in her spare time. She mentions lots of quotes and different books that she read. So she was either really educated or really well read. And it comes off in her reading, but it comes off in a, the weirdest way. Like, it's almost as if she had a thesaurus open and every single word she used her <laughs> yeah. thesaurus for. I got. I have a little excerpt here for you. Okay. Uh, Not the bloke down the block, examining his bowels like an augurer, Belching with pleasure at the prospect of a thousand bellies yet to glut, a thousand genitalia yet to titillate in dark, swarmy corners, but uncommon men of an intellect so piercing, so brilliant, that its collective ref- refulgence still shines upon the more enlightened segments of the world. That was That's the lighter side of this book, because there is some pretty weighty things in there. Um so it's really weird reading it because she talks like this and you're yeah. just like what are you saying like her her sentences are so struct- complexly structured that it's like I don't know but she's very well educated and you can tell but it's kind of boring nothing fucking happens she's yeah. like what was that a branch Woo-hoo. uh but I'm glad I got it because if I if you had never got it for me it would have always been that book where it's like man I got to read that fucking thing and now you can confirm, man, this book is not worth that much money. Yeah, if anyone was ever like, ooh, 100 bucks," no, yeah. don't.
0: Yeah, and it, and it goes to show, it's like, hey, libraries are a wonderful resource. Because you, yeah. you can get books in, in, from anywhere. They'll ship them into you. Interlibrary loans, baby.
1: All you need is that library card. That's all you and need. And hey, you know what? And you open, can it, even RJ, go- it opens doors. It opens doors, yeah. You can even go uh, look at porn on the computers in a library. <laughs> Until you get kicked out. Well, if they catch you. Yeah. They, you always, so, he,
0: they, they always get caught, RJ.
1: Yeah. You all, one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that was, I watched two, like, like Guardians was fine. I, I didn't mind. Like, I enjoyed watching it, but it's not great or anything like mm-hmm. that. And the hidden sucked. But then I watched uh Our Boy, which apparently you watched too, and we didn't realize we both watched this movie. Yeah. Our boy, Mike, Fla- uh, Mike Flanagan. Martin. Yeah. Yeah. In probably his weakest entry to date. In his filmography, yes. Yep. So we have a different opinion of this. So we watched that Ouija movie. which uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Origin of Evil. uh, The sequel to the board game movie, Ouija. Uh, Is it? It doesn't matter. So this period piece, I think it's set in the 70s, right? About a mom who's like a medium and her two kids and they're scam artists. And they got a Ouija board. And then one of the girls gets possessed for real. And that's the movie yep um I thought it was all I thought it was fine like i I liked it there were certain there were a few sequences that I thought he did well like certain aspects that I thought he did well where a less good director it wouldn't have been as good <laughs> mm-hmm. but um on the whole like I don't know I don't think I'll watch it again. I like his other movies way more yep like uh hush is real good and oculus is real good. And absentia is real good. Mm-hmm. So I would way rather this is probably the bottom of it for me, but I mm-hmm. still like them and I don't know. I never I never disliked watching it, but I think that goes in direct opposition of you.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought this movie sucked big time. Yeah. Uh it's kind of frustrating because I'd seen some mixed things about this movie. Um, so I thought like at worst it would just be okay. But no, <laughs> this movie's like just bad. Um, first I would say that, uh, the cinematography is, it's like bright, but it's like very flat at the same time and very generic. And like, I, I don't know. I found it like just kind of like not a very good looking movie at any point. Uh, the characters all kind of were just two dimensional, not fully realized. Uh, like the mother, the daughters, they were just like. The same old crappy characters you've seen in like a thousand exorcist stories. Yeah. Um I had, I had watched the trailer for this like whatever it was last year and I remember being like, super underwhelmed by it. I thought it looked kind of bad from the get-go and I just hope that uh, you know sometimes trailers are bad and then things were better yeah. but no, it's all that. It. Like, every they hit all the points uh right there. Uh, yep. Like the, the 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 his sense of composition didn't seem to be really at play. His use of mirrors do kind of uh, kind of show up a little bit in this movie. he's like over yeah. the overhanging like idea of like building your movie around the sense of loss and stuff like that, mm-hmm. trying to fill that loss, that absence with something, is definitely again the th- big thematic in all of his movies, mm-hmm. except for Hush. I guess Hush is just pretty well straight up uh, loss of hearing, but, but but it's the absence of sound yeah exactly and it's a loss because there's there is also that a little, yep. a little bit it's like more of a slasher and survival sort of story this is just like I don't know it's all the crappy mm-hmm. like exorcist stuff you've ever seen and it doesn't he didn't sure. do a good job of doing anything new with it Um, there's like sure. there's like the one smash cut where it's like there's something going on downstairs and they're talking about the girl mm-hmm. and then they cut to her, like so yeah the little girl's possessed and one of the signs of her being possessed is just like her skin goes all pallid and her, her jaw just <laughs> drops and her yeah. eyes are roll back and she makes like
1: uh, sounds <laughs> and there's this one yeah. where it's like
0: yeah. they're, they're talking about <laughs> her and they just cut to her sitting on the <laughs> couch just uh, and then like there's a knock at the door and then her mouth adjusts, and it's, like, so bad. And then it's like, <laughs> holy fuck, like, this is, uh, like, something out of, a like, an M. Night Shyamalan movie that, like, yeah. people would just be pillaring, and, like, it sucks, like, so bad. And mm-hmm. I'm like, at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm not on board with this movie at all. And then yeah. it, like, kind of goes into the... Um, Oh, God, what is it? House House by the Cemetery? It's, like, the Fulci territory of, like, a crazy, like, kind of like a Joseph Mengele, like, Nazi scientist doing yeah, experiments yeah, yeah. in the basement. And it's, like, oh, that's because, like, the, the Ouija board has nothing to do with anything other than it's no. a, it's a platform. And, yep. uh, like, no, there's this evil ghost. And there's, like, a dark-skinned evil ghost that's, like, I, I just watched Before I Wake. And it's kind of like, oh, it's another, like, uh, Mike Flanagan, like, Spectre Creature, mm-hmm. like he's done that a couple times now, and here's another one, which like that's kind of nice. Okay, it's maybe the movie was better and the characters like gave a crap about. Yep. Um, and then like the movie just says this, like, we're turning into Evil Dead, like, but 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 the thing that annoys me the most was this is like this horror movie, and it's like it's there's, there's no blood, there's like it. This is the most oh, yeah, there's this, yeah. Is, this, is, this is like there's a bit where like the daughter stabs her own mother in the stomach, and you don't see anything other than like their reactions of being stabbed, no like like no horror at, to speak of. Yeah. It just like was like, where where are the balls to this goddamn thing? And I don't know. Yeah. Uh the sure. end the end of this movie is terrible. Uh it's like every <laughs> it's every cliche yeah. you've ever seen. Um yeah, like this movie was bad. Uh I think like maybe it got kind of like even uh maybe more positiveness toward it because the first mm-hmm. movie was like apparently just horrendous, but I thought this movie Probably. was like, this is definitely the laziest thing that, that Mike Flanagan's done. It's easily worse. It's actually a bad movie, mm-hmm. whereas he hasn't made like a bad movie that, or hasn't made a movie that I thought was bad. In fact, I've like resonated a lot with his themes and ideas. So this movie was mm-hmm. like even more disappointing because of those things. So yep.
1: yeah. Uh, I hear you, man. Yeah.
0: But I don't know. Life goes on, you know, Yeah, uh, he's got that uh, Gerald's game uh adaptation coming out uh, mm-hmm. i think it's like I, I just saw that it's like it's, a pure, it's at the fantastic fest
1: yeah it's uh, at September, fantastic fest and then it'll and be on
0: netflix probably not that long after
1: you know what would be great and I'll, I'll i'll reach out to him on twitter i'll let everyone know next week if he responds but in gerald's game a big aspect of the story is this like solar eclipse mm. and there's a solar eclipse next week and so, it's, and it's almost Labor Day, which is also And it's almost day. Labor Day. So this fucking movie should be dropping anytime, But should but oh. I, it won't be though. It's set. It should. It should. But yeah. It should, but yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, that's uh it's too bad that you didn't or that you hated it. Like I didn't I didn't love it or anything like that. I was just like, "All right, cool." I mean, he tried his best. It's a movie about a fucking board game. Actually, so. I don't even know if he tried his best, though, because it's like he's done better.
0: <laughs> so Was this like, his paycheck? I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to throw yeah. accusations around, but it just seems like there's factors that just weren't at work. He probably, I mean, he's. this is his first, like, it felt like a work for hire sort of thing. And I mean, oh. it also made the most money of anything he's made so far. So, oh, that's depressing. There you go. Uh, think, thanks yep. again, America. Uh, and then so you still have to watch Before I Wake. Uh, we got the Gerald's yep. Game movie coming and we've got his TV show, um uh, his Netflix show, uh, <laughs> yeah. House on or Hunting on House Hill, which, which will be super cool. I, I hope, uh, yeah, we'll see what he does with that format, uh, see if it plays mm-hmm. to his strengths or not. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still interested in Mike Flanagan, uh, but yeah, yep. this, this was definitely a, a miss from him,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I more or less agree with you. I I didn't think it was outright as goofy as you did, but <sighs> Or is bad, but uh, that scene that you're talking about where <laughs> <laughs> it cuts to her on the couch, and she's just like, Burr. that uh, that did make me laugh too. I'm like, just, I, I, I just I, like, I, like, what? I, it's so, like,
0: I mean, there's no way to view that other than to make the audience laugh. So I'm like, but now they're <laughs> making you laugh at the possessed little girl. It's like, okay, yeah. well, you're, we're supposed to still take this movie seriously, and the priest, oh, there's the priest in it, and oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh fuck, this movie. Yeah. Trash Trash. Hey But you know what what wasn't trash Oh yeah baby This week's Twin Peaks
1: Oh fuck yeah
0: Man That Like I'd say like Now I think in hindsight We can agree that the last couple weeks of Twin Peaks Have been kind of slow burns They've been (laughs) they don't mind though They've been like a little slow They haven't been the most eventful We haven't had much to talk about Uh, But This episode Holy fuck Mm -hmm. It's just dropping
1: bombs (laughs) Dropping bombs they uh, there was major progression of the story. There was a lot of uh, new things learned, mm-hmm. some surprises. Yeah. Um. I did just want to mention. I I forgot to talk about it because we were going along last week. Uh. One thing I thought was really good in last week's episode was when uh, your buddy Tom Sizemore,
0: like Oof. regretted
1: trying to poison him. Yeah. And he runs into the bathroom, he throws the coffee in the urinal, and then the cup in that the garbage, bad. and the guy, <laughs> the guy at the other urinal is just like, that bad, huh? Yeah. I thought that was classic mm-hmm. Dave Lynch. Yeah. Um, I'll let you get into the nitty-gritty things about this new episode, but there were two things that I thought were both fucking hilarious. I bet there uh, was.
0: Okay, I, I, maybe yeah. you probably got notes on them, like, but just like the general uh, scope of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so to begin with, where does it pick up with? So, first of all, we get, like, the bombshell that, like, finally ties everything together, which is that uh, Janie, uh, mm-hmm. Naomi Watts' character, and who's married to the, the dreaded Dougie that everyone who yep. doesn't like this season complains about. Oh, well, they suck. Turns out that Janie, Janie is the half-sister to Diane,
1: oh shit which was yeah like, that was pretty cool
0: which is like kind of awesome because uh, mm-hmm. David Lynch is like kind of weird like hang up with Laura Dern and Naomi Watts He has like little nicknames for him and it's like oh yeah. he has him as sisters in the show it's like I never he, had ever thought that and I'm really curious if somebody like out there had guessed it completely just like thinking out loud and it's like wow like I did not yeah. see that coming at all uh, mm. and then and then the show just accelerates um, fucking Chad that piece of shit he, yeah he, he gets thrown in fucking jail because he fucking sucks and that was fantastic because i hate chad Mm -hmm. um but what else do we have god damn then we have like the 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 back to like the real old school twin peaks spookiness like we are in full on fire walk with me territory um calling back Mm -hmm. to like that those first four episodes that like were blowing minds um -hmm. before the the, the, the atomic bomb episode. Uh, and yeah, like we had, you know, naked women in the woods and disfigured women that speak out of speed, out of time. And, uh, uh, Andy is now like a, uh, tr- person that goes in between spaces and it's like, holy crap, <laughs> it's all coming together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know, man, it, uh, this was some, a good, good hour of TV. Um, God, yep. and then, and then the, the fucking, then Sarah Palmer. <laughs> oh yeah, shit! She was a fucking ghost face killer in it. Yeah, she. We found out like uh, where that thing went, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so that, that was rad. Um, yeah, I don't know. Good episode. Uh, I'm really good. It's, it's interesting. Cause like I was, I think back to like the 14th episode of Twin Peaks, uh, was also like the big radical episode with, uh, yep. the reveal of Leland back in the day. So this mm-hmm. episode was like reveal, reveal, reveal. So I'm, I'm having some high hopes for the next, like the last,
1: what are we on? Four. Four, four,
0: four episodes only. Damn.
1: Yep. It sucks, man. It really sucks. No. But uh yeah, no, I thought it was a wicked good episode too. I um I really liked when Andy went into the lighthouse world mm-hmm. and met met the fireman. Yes. Uh cuz I thought Andy is the perfect character to for that to happen to. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super cool. Yeah. Uh the rubber glove or the gardening <laughs> glove kid. Yeah. That that was also uh really fun to watch because it's like, yeah, that is a David Lynch thing. Uh-huh. Like I don't know if it'll pay off in the end. It doesn't matter if it does or not. Yeah. But it was a cool thing to have in there. And Monica Bellucci. <laughs> oh man, I loved that. I think I think I'm on the same same wavelength as Dave. Uh, Monica Bellucci is a uh, Bellucci. pretty pretty s- Bellucci. Bellucci. She's a pretty sweet dame. Yep. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I, there were two things that I thought were fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when David Lynch <laughs> is like on the phone. And then uh, he he like to calls um what's her face the uh, Twin Peaks sheriff lady yeah uh, or the secretary yep he calls her and he's like have you been there the whole time and she's like well not the whole time you know I went home and then we were on vacation <laughs> and then it cuts back to him. And he's just fucking dead silent <laughs> for the longest time. It's like 15, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say a single word. And then she's like, okay, well, I'll patch you over. Yeah. Like, because the sheer, like, stupidity of what she said, he's just, like, so shocked he can't even talk. <laughs> no. I thought that was super funny. He just doesn't entertain it at all. <laughs> and, no, not at all. And then in that very same scene, when he calls the other FBI office, mm-hmm.
0: And oh. then uh, he's like,
1: "He's like, you need to find Dougie Jones." And he's like, "Okay." And then the guy hangs up, and the other guy in the room's like, uh, "He's like, there's nine Dougie, or the main guys like, there's nine Dougie Jones in uh, Vegas." The other guy goes, "How are we supposed to find him?" And then he totally fucking freaks out. He's like, "Wilson, it is what we do. This is the FBI." Oh. Yeah. he like fucking oh. loses it on that guy.
0: Yeah, I thought that was so funny. Yeah, that 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 was definitely yeah. some uh, fire walk with me. Uh, shot shooting too, because like the weird <laughs> angle that the camera was at and everything, and yep. just this like offbeat feel of the FBI stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was a good episode. Um, I don't know. Nope. Yeah,
1: no, it was good. Oh, I had um a listener uh, ask me to ask you a question. Oh. Oh, actually, I just remembered, too, I liked that uh, there was an in-memory of David Yeah, that made me all teary-eyed at the end because I was like, I miss you, Dave, because I bet he would have been in this.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, because he's... he's, David Robert Jones. Yeah, because, yeah, well, Philip uh, Jeffries, he's he's in the show, but unseen.
1: Yeah, if he was still around, I bet he would have had a role in this somehow, Uh, like some on-screen time, but we'll never know. Uh, So my friend, uh, my friend Ryan, he is watching the show, and he... uh, he is into it just as much as we are. Yep. And he was asking if we're if we're supposed to not know who Billy is still. Yes. Like when they have those conversations yes. about Billy, yes. Tina and like Chuck. Yeah. He was like, did I miss something? No. And I was like, I don't think so. And then he asked, he said, is it possible that Audrey Horn is Tina? And I was like, I don't know. Mm. I said, maybe I'll ask. Maybe I'll ask Jared. I don't <sighs>
0: I think there's like, it's like a weird backdrop thing of like missing people and like something weird violent happening. Like, I think what's, um, what could be happening is there's like off screen, there's an off screen Twin Peaks storyline happening with characters that we mm-hmm. never get or never going to be introduced to. And okay. it's, it's just got this, I don't know. That's, that's where I'm, like, we'll see. I mean, everything's paid off so far in the show yep. in ways that you haven't expected. And mm-hmm. uh, I think just just go with it but yeah at this point you, uh, you're not dumb you're you're not supposed to know what's going on that's like I've, I've read a few different people's critics reviews and stuff like that and people talking about the show and they're like yeah this is kind of an odd gambit to be going with mm-hmm. like some people are really kind of depressed that this is where Audrey is and she's not the same yeah. spunky person that she was as a kid and that's the character people love and now she's mm-hmm. just this like destroyed like single mother who has to be married to this little troll man who is like devastated but it's like that's all real stuff and it's tough to watch yeah. and like, this is a harsh world, this Twin Peaks.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But I hadn't recognized those and, or the yeah. characters either. And then when he brought it up, I was like, hmm, maybe Billy is evil Cooper. Because oh. they were talking about how Tina, or like the girls talking about how, her mom... Oh, no, wait, that one not work. Never mind. Yeah. Anyways, doesn't matter. I think what you said it would be cool, even, even if it was characters that you never actually saw and it was just this side story that you just heard about. I think... I would think that would be really cool, but I know other people probably wouldn't, so... Yeah. I, well, I
0: think, like, when this is all said and done and, like, it's all finished and people go back yeah. and watch it again, it'll be like, oh... <laughs> like, things will snap mm-hmm. into place a little bit more. Um, There'll be, like, stuff that's right. like, well, that doesn't make sense. Or, like, maybe the pacing in this is a little bit off, but it's all very... Right intentional I mean like I don't know if uh, we're gonna ever see a payoff to the the sick child in the car Um, yeah I I think that's just like more of like the fact that like Twin Peaks is going haywire as a community like because Mm -hmm. the darkness is coming like we're having this like event that's happening yeah and like the power lines dead children and it's just like yeah it's a real bad Mm -hmm. place to Mm -hmm. be right now
1: you got Uh, that right yep But, but yeah super good episode yeah what you've been creeping on otherwise girl uh, well, just a couple things I'll mention.
0: Uh, a lot of my last few days have been wasting my time online reading things about the Charlottesville shit down in uh, goddamn Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I have lost, yeah. I have lost a lot of time just reading shit and getting mad about just mm-hmm. how ignorant human beings are that they seem to yeah. like... They've lost sight of the fact that, hey, Nazis... They're the bad guys.
1: Yeah. It's like hey, remember those guys? But my, whoops.
0: Yeah, well my my favorite is the in comments of like well, you know, uh, uh and they're just the same as Antifa and Black Lives Matter. <laughs> it's like oh, no, God. no they're not. No, they're not. No, but but it's just like this weird mm-hmm. like, like it's kind of like um the, the new boogeyman. It's the George Soros is now to be like Antifa. <laughs>
1: There, mm-hmm.
0: went and beat up people at a Milos talk in Berkeley, ah, and I—it's crazy. I, uh, I'm yep. so, I'm so mad, RJ. Oh, so I've lost lots Ooh. of time. I've not been wanting to watch movies uh, the last couple of days. Really, it's just not been in the mood. Uh, I, on the other hand, I did watch mm-hmm. a few things uh, around the wedding uh, because that's, that's another Ooh, thing yeah. that ate up a lot oh. of time was wedding stuff. Having to be a photographer gotcha. for like twelve hours and how'd clean. that go? Oh, fine. Just dandy. Just, like, not, mm-hmm. not, nothing uh, too difficult. I mean, I know half the people there just because f- they're my families and stuff like that. So, Gotcha. Yeah, it's all good. Anyway, uh, so I watched a <laughs> fucking awesome Western called The Gunfighter starring Gregory Peck. And this movie is, like, just so ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Um, it starts off, um, Gregory Peck is just, like, kind of riding into a town. And he, he wants to have a nice, quiet drink. And some fucking kid who's got the cock of the walk going on with him, he's like, hey... I heard some big, big things about you. And it's like the classic stuff of like a guy trying to pick a fight with like a big gunfighter to to see who's better. And the gunfighter's like, oh, fuck, dude, like, come on, just go away. Like, you don't want any piece of this. You, you don't want to do this. And the kid is like, what do you mean I don't want a piece of that? You insult my character and it's blah, blah, blah. And then winds up, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And gunfighter's like, oh, well, I guess that's another town. Got to move on. And then it turns out this guy's got three brothers and they're going to come get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he manages to waylay them He gets ahead of them Moves on to the next town Where he's swinging through The neck of the woods Where he left a, a, a lady uh, that he, From a, another life With uh, his son wants to see and he's never actually met outside of like when the child was born eight years prior mm-hmm. and it's just this like resigned story of a fucking gunfighter who's like you think like being the ultimate killing machine would be great but all it does is attract like guys who want to be like prove themselves and be tough in a world of just like toxic masculinity which I believe is all the t- uh buzz right now uh nice. in, in uh, the <laughs> world right now so and like Gregory Peck totally pulls off the resigned like guy who just does like he doesn't want to kill people anymore and of course like when you're this sort of legendary Sort of figure uh, Was it Ringo mm-hmm. uh, Like guys like your, your legend precedes you And then something's like he's killed 50 men And he's like I I haven't killed fifteen, <laughs> like and so mm-hmm. but everyone believes it. The, the legend becomes bigger, and everyone wants to make their name off of you. And there's like this paranoia and fear that every time you walk in to do anything, someone's gunning for you. And there's like just this weird thing where like he's sitting at a table, and this like young kid starts like like with a bad thin mustache starts trying to like pick words with them, and he's just like I've got a gun drawn on you under the table, and the kid's like, mm-hmm. well, that you a coward. He's like, no, it's just experience. Like <laughs> it's like yep. <laughs> it's like we're, we're talking about killing people there's no like <laughs> honor in it at all so mm-hmm. who gives a shit um but yeah this movie was great uh i not i don't know it's, it seems like it doesn't get a lot of uh attention uh like it seems like but it's definitely uh i'd say some top rate westerner uh so that Ooh. was that was well, a s- yeah
1: what was that no, as you saying, you're you're finally getting to some of these westerns, man. Like you, you've uh, always dreamed. Oh yeah, no, I've uh, I've got a pile. I mean, I'm just getting through stuff
0: that I'm just like hearing about online and tracking down copies that way. But I've got like oh. I got, I've got I've got piles and piles of stuff that I've bought that I uh, have yet to watch. So it's like oh, sure. I got to do that too, I suppose. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what's another. No, there's another western I checked out that was uh, of note. Oh, so uh, on Thursday, Friday. Uh, Thursday night, Friday afternoon, I spent a great amount of time writing out a list on Letterboxd <gasps> about uh, the Royal Mounted uh, <laughs> Police, uh, the the Royal yeah. Mounted, whatever you want to call them, the RCMP, Royal um, Canadian Police Mount. Th- well, they, they have different names depending on the movie, uh, sure. so I, I just fall under the mountie exploitation genre. Um, mm-hmm. So, R.J. Back in the silent era, uh, the kind of British and American film industries, they Mm -hmm. decided, hey, let's make movies about exotic locales that are scenic. And we'll use these stoic figures, these redcoats, these royal Mm -hmm. mounteds as the figures. They're like good upstanding people who always get their man. So they just made a bunch of Mm -hmm. like Westerns or AKA Northerns. Um, Yeah, that's what they're called. And uh, they made these movies like a lot. Um, like there's, uh, I I put together a list of about 127 movies or something like that. God dang. God dang. And like the vast majority of those are pre 1960. There's the, I've not seen any of them. Uh, but I just was like typing in mounted RCMP (laughs) Royal mounted and like saw what popped up on letterbox. I went and bought me a book. I bought bought me a Pierre Burton. Are you you, uh, familiar with Pierre Burton? Uh, Not at all. That's unfortunate because he is, uh, or was like the like preeminent, like Canadian historian, like through the seventies. The like he wrote like super popular books on Canadian history. He's like the guy doing it. And he writes very well. His stuff's like kind of funny and very well researched. Uh, he's the dude, uh, he has this great book on the, um, Uh, The Northwest Passage and the Franklin Expedition and stuff like that called The Arctic Grail. And he's got a bunch of other books, but the one I needed to get and which I found at a used bookstore was uh, Hollywood's North. Which is just talking about like uh, all the, the, these weird films being made in the U.S. about Mounties, um, even though it's like this weird medley of like these movies. Like it seems like as soon as you hit the uh, U.S.-Canadian border, everything becomes like the Rockies and forests, and there's no prairies, there's no uh, like you know BC rainforest. It's just like nope, you're on Ala- you're in this gigantic landmass that's Alaska, um, where like you can be in Saskatchewan and like an hour later you're in the northern mountains. Uh, it, it's 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 like fantastic. So I watched this one that film. Cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. bunch of these movies. I uh, recommend people check out my list uh, called Mounty Exploitation. It's a real mm-hmm. hot ticket. All these movies I've only I've only seen now three of, um, but one mm-hmm. I had to watch because I had never heard of this. And like when I saw it, I was like, I have to watch this immediately. Uh, it's a film called Red Coat. It's directed by Italian like schlock master Joe Diamato from 1975 mm. so it's a spaghetti western set in canada Neat. uh and yeah it's like just uh made by people who don't know anything about canada other than like oh let's make a western and we'll just say things like canada and oh here's some uh, huskies <laughs> and snow and like they always get their man and that's that's about it um, nice. But yeah, the movie I probably am giving it too many too much credit cuz just cuz of the content, like the the the, sure. the actual jo- like the content of the movie it's like I found fascinating. Um but yeah, I mean, it's not a particularly violent or like memorable spaghetti western. Uh it seems pretty standard stuff like it's revenge and guys going after one another in the woods and like <laughs> It's not even violent what, the way that. What were that they doing in the woods? Getting their men in
1: the woods. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, there's oh yeah, that's another one great thing about these northerns, is like it's all about like fur trappers and uh nice. smugglers and highwaymen, and they're all lumberjacks. <laughs> like they all have like the mm-hmm. same toques and beards and half breeds, RJ. Lots of talk about half breeds and savages. Um <laughs> nice. it, it, was a, it was a different era. Um but mm-hmm. yeah, this movie was pretty neat. <laughs> Um, Sounds kind of cool Yeah Uh, Oh the other one The other movie I'll mention That I watched uh, Which was not bad It's called Saddle the Wind It's from 1958 Uh, Mm -hmm. It's written by Rod Serling Of Twilight Zone fame um, Whoa! Yeah, and like he has not didn't—he didn't write a lot of movies. He didn't work on a lot of that stuff. But uh, so this movie's got a few folk in it: Robert Taylor, Julie London, Donald Crisp, all your favorites, Royal Dano. But the one fella in particular, who's kind of the villain of the movie, is played by one John Cassavetes. Um, here capturing like really well yeah he like what he's awesome at uh like he's consistent in all these movies that he was in Mm uh is that he captures like that 20th century like high-strung angsty weirdo like so well um because he Mm -hmm. just comes off like he's just off-putting like he seems at total odds with sort of the feeling that you expect of like 1950s westerns like he kind of comes at like that revisionist point like him being there because he's just a little like too modern he's a little too urban to be like settling down to be a rancher in the mm. middle of nowhere and uh so i mean all his scenes like he's like he's a shit wants to start shit and doesn't want things to change but he's also violent so he wants to change in the worst ways possible um, mm-hmm. The movie starts off. The first five minutes are actually really, really good, and I kind of wish that the movie was more like those first five minutes. But then it kind of moves into yep. like territory of like the older brother who raised his younger brother like a father would. Uh, younger brother brings like beautiful lady in, and they're going to settle this big, huge property that they're going to ranch for the rest of their lives. And they're all kind of there mm-hmm. at the the whims at the of the like kind of the head guy who like took over like the whole valley beforehand and wants everything to be in even keel, keep it all nice and balanced. But things don't always stay that way. Royal Dano, he plays a a settler who wants to like, you know, he wants his own, he bought this land, and he wants to put barbed wire up around it. And Mm -hmm. this, of course, runs contrary to the philosophies of the people established there who only want freedom, and they see barbed wire as uh, a restriction. Uh, So everything plays out. There's violence. People get shot. uh, Justice is served. Uh, It's got a kind of a surprisingly grim ending. It's uh, not too bad, but it's not like grade A stuff. I'd say like for if you want to watch like some random, weird, uh, old Western, Gunslinger's really good. Uh, Which Gunslinger? Like the, the
1: Dark Towers Gunslinger?
0: Just The Gunslinger from 1950, uh, RJ.
1: <laughs> well, one day.
0: One day. We'll be watching one that Dark Tower. Uh, yep. And then one other thing I'll mention is I watched this documentary on Netflix called The Thread. Um, mm. It came out in 2015. It's only an hour long. And what it is is it covers the Boston Marathon bombing and the if you remember this, the internet detectives that, like, came about from it that were on Excuse Reddit. me? The internet detectives. The, the, these kind of, like, uh, self-appointed vigilantes and, like, uh, people looking at photos and saying, hey, this guy has the same backpack in this video still as the bomber. Oh, like, that sort okay. of thing. So, okay. So, yeah. Because, I mean, I honestly did not really watch much footage at all of the Boston Marathon bombing. Like, so it was, like, kind of new yep. footage to me to see like, play out and just like the mm-hmm. amount of blood and horror that happened Um, like it was like very uh, abstract to me I guess seeing like seeing it now two years after the fact I guess it's like for some people who yeah. like oh, I never saw the September 11th attack which is like, uh, really, like that yeah. one I would find really crazy because how could you have avoided it but this one yeah. I kind of hadn't really gone out of my way to watch but um, yeah, yeah. so there was that part of it that was interesting and then mm-hmm. it starts doing interviews with uh, the people who were like uh, who like track data, and they're all just like on uh, on various
1: spectrums, if you will. Uh, uh, wait, please elaborate on what kind of a spectrum are you talking about?
0: Um, the Green Lantern spectrum. The,
1: uh, uh, the oh, the light spectrum. Yeah, yeah, Neat. yeah just like that. Uh, so there's
0: there's this one fucking guy though. Man, I hate this douche. So he's like this, like guy who's like on his like, I don't know, his apartment. He's got this like Heisenberg lives like printout yeah. on his door and inside he's got all this like Tarantino shit, Pulp Fiction. He's like coffee mug, the handle's like a mm-hmm. gun and it's something about motherfucker. It's like, Oh, Samuel <sighs> Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the guy's like, I want to be a script writer. And, uh, I was our moderator on this subreddit. And, uh, mm-hmm. cause so it's about Reddit RJ. And, uh,
1: I don't know. I've, I've yeah. talked about this privately, but I think Reddit's just total garbage. Um, uh, yeah, I waste a lot of time on there, oh. but it does make me really, really mad all the time. I guess but, I, should, uh, I don't want to contribute to the things though. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I should
0: mention that. I think like, uh, we have a few listeners that probably did find this podcast via Reddit. So it's not total yeah, garbage, that's true. but I would definitely say that like by and far, like there's like the, one of the co-founders of uh Reddit, he made some comment that like, Reddit's like the closest we've come to like being able to see people think out loud, which I think is like uh, really, on. like really repulsive. And like, that's probably why I don't like Reddit. Cause like. You can't, you can't really curate it. Um, where with Twitter, Mm -hmm. you can like kind of shape what you're going to see, which is preferable to me rather than just like, uh, seas of (laughs) shit (laughs) coming at you. It's like, I just don't want to float around in that. And yeah, so in this documentary, it just plays out like the different, like the problems with internet detectives and like people who are like working outside the law to do things. And this idea that like, oh, there's a bit with like Buzzfeed people and they're just fucking dumb. (sighs) They're, They're so fucking dumb. These, these mm-hmm. fucking mooks in there the fucking like this one guy's got like the total hipster mustache that's like twisted on the ends and he's talking about yeah he's just like this sub vice level kind of loser who uh god it's like yeah I got really caught up in things and we really, we, we people started coming to us for the news and it's like yeah because you weren't vetting your information and like I don't mm-hmm. know it's like uh, I watched this documentary on the New York uh Times like a few years ago the title of it's. Uh, the first page or something like that I can't remember what it was called but uh, there's the one guy and I think he just died not too long ago but he's like the grizzled old journalist that like he fucking hates these fucking losers like uh, was it yeah. Shane Not uh, the guy The guy from Vice not Gavin McGinnis the guy who's no longer with Vice he's like a total level of a uh, totally diff, different level of piece of shit the, the one shit. guy who's like the face of like Vice on HBO and stuff like that he mm-hmm. was going on and this guy David from the New York Times he just dressed him down it was fantastic and I'm like fuck that guy would just eat the, like fucking chew these guys assholes out like they're just like what? they're
1: schmucks oh my god okay sorry <laughs> I, I didn't mean to cut you off but uh, your uh, your expression there is something I've I've never heard <laughs> you never heard so. Yeah, uh-huh. I've never heard someone say he would just eat his asshole. Out, <laughs> Chew it, except out. in those. Yeah, except in those movies that so I she, watch sometimes. Yeah,
0: when Andrea's not an around.
1: Uh she's sometimes there, but I got earphones.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know what I mean. Oh my. Jer. Oh, yeah. Boy. Well. Uh, Anyways, so that. Yeah, keep f- going.
0: The thread. That's about it. Um, uh,
1: d- professional
0: journalism matters. Damn it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. So. I do go on Reddit quite a bit, um, but it's mostly like what I'm looking at is like cat pictures and stuff like that. So I feel like that's a productive use of time. But uh, it does fucking drive me crazy sometimes because uh, I'm a – I follow a lot of pages that have overlap like books and literature and then horror and horror books or horror lit. And then there's always people on there that's like, suggest me a book. <laughs> like what's the scariest book you ever read? Yeah. And then there's this new wave of jerks that uh, keep go- keep going on there and being like 1984 – scariest book i've ever read man. and it's like oh wow aren't you like uh, so like on point with the political atmosphere it's like that book's not fucking scary at all like it's not like it's meant to be like a cautionary thing but it's like i i never read it and it was like ooh, spooky like or even in the scary it's like oh man that's scary that's real life because i'm not a nerd Mm-hmm. So um, there's that and then as I've mentioned before uh they led me stray a lot uh they made me read that fucking book pen pal by Dathan Aubrick or whatever which was the worst fucking book I've ever read. So and then uh Bird Box which was okay uh Headful of Ghosts which I didn't really like and they everyone always fucking mentions House of Leaves. And just because everyone's led me so stray on everything else, it's like, I never want to read that fucking book because everyone always comments it. They're like, House of Leaves, scariest book ever. And then right underneath, someone will be like, I came here to make that very comment. It's like, oh, Ah. good for you. (laughs) It's like, like, I don't understand why people do that either. It's like, what do you want? A fucking Mm -hmm. congratulations? Like, you like the same stuff. Good job, bud. Uh, So yeah, I get Reddit makes me really fucking mad sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter are just as bad.
1: Sure, uh, you said it, not me. Um, that's Jarrett Duncan uh, at. Um, what's your email again? Men rule, minorities drool at uh,
0: DailyStormer dot com. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Good, cool. good, good people. Those fucking Nazis. Yeah, what but, a what, what a bold what, what what a bold statement to be made. It so it takes so much bravery to condemn white supremacists and the alt right and all the other scumbags.
1: You'd be surprised. It seems like it's a hard thing nowadays. Well, even so. when
0: you're the president, you know you just gotta. You don't want to anger mm-hmm. any potential voters.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you can't you can't alienate the people who got you there. Yeah, as be a as thing as,
0: to as famed Kluxman uh, David Duke bonuses you the, online,
1: the Grand Dragon or whatever the yeah. fuck is yeah. well, Dave, title Old David is... Duke,
0: what did I call him a cluxman? I like that, like Kluxman, Kluxman rather than Klansman, the, uh,
1: the McCluckian. You know, from yeah, from yeah.
0: Anyway, hey, uh, so that's the movies. Uh, RJ, you got any Yo. news for us? I've got maybe my little bit of news. I'll share first because. Uh, yeah, okay, go for it. Yeah, okay. So, Criterion's November Ooh. releases, dog. Lay it on me, baby. This is news to me. Okay, okay. One sec here. I like to close windows when I have them all ready for me to like look at. Oh, so, gosh. display you know? images. We got RJ coming our way. Uh, the Philadelphia Story, directed by George Cukor. He's got all your favorites. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn, Cary <Carrie> Grant, <laughs> Jimmy oh. Stewart. that's
1: my reaction
0: yeah you're scared
1: (laughs) yeah I don't know what to think dude
0: Yeah, uh it's actually fun I think like a lot of these movies uh uh these big movies with like I don't know Catherine Hepburn and stuff like that they've all all put up on a like a MGM like four-pack so I just have those on DVD, and I'm okay cool. with that. Cool. I don't know if I need to spend uh, Criterion prices for Blu-rays of these movies that I've never watched before. But I'd rather them exist and be out there than not. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, there's this movie called Desert Hearts by one Donna Deitch? Deitch, I guess. Uh, I have no idea what this movie is. Um, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's got a photo cover. Uh, yep. ex- uh, the one movie that's actually pretty neat is Terry Gilliam's Jabberwocky his first uh, solo directorial movie. It's got a wicked cover. It's awesome. It's like the actual uh, illustration of the Jabberwocky from the Mm -hmm. uh, Lewis Carroll uh, Through the Looking Glass. Uh, Whoever the guy was that drew that stuff. The Johnny Depp version? Uh, Indeed. Uh, So that's coming. That's neat. More Terry Gilliam Love. Uh, Yeah. um, And uh, they're re-releasing Le Samurai, directed by Jean-Pierre Melville on Blu-ray, which is cool for people who are really into Drive. (laughs) Uh, this this is a movie that like it's like you've seen the poster of this fucking movie because there's like I think a thousand yeah. guys on Letterbox that also have this graphic like Adam Cook and a bunch of other people. Uh, this movie's pretty mm-hmm. cool, pretty good. It's solid. Uh, not an all time classic or any, by my by my measure, I don't think it's that great. But it's pretty cool. It's okay.
1: Yeah, that's it. Well, that sounds okay. I think I think it was just those. I'm four. down. I'm down with some of the things that you you mentioned. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I'd be
0: sad if you weren't down with these things that are Criterion on the Criterion podcast.
1: I, well, I only like half of these fucking movies anyways, so. Yeah. Because well, I keep it real. A little more than that. A little more. Come yeah, on. a few. Okay. So. Uh, okay, so your news, Hoss. Oh, I was just going to mention, uh, remember when we did that King Kong episode? Okay. So the guy who d- directed that Kong Skull Island, yep. who is allegedly doing a Metal Gear Solid movie, allegedly Jordan Voight Roberts, this guy fucking lost his mind on Twitter today. Did you see this shit? No, no I have. I have a job. I can't like go, use social media. I have. I have a job too. I was busy all day, but I saw it this morning because he he did it like late last night and then today too. So are you familiar with the YouTube uh, reviews of? movies are you familiar with people or like do you know cinema sins those people who like take off it's like it's like this they'll analyze a movie and they will be like that's wrong well that's wrong okay
0: well no i mean like outside of like regular media doing their uh okay. videos uh i'm only really the only video reviews i ever watched are maybe the the onion uh film critic because mm-hmm. those are yeah. usually really funny okay. but uh, that's about so, it
1: so a good point i guess is uh you know the like the video reviewers that people like Red Letter Media make fun of? Mm-hmm. It's like guys like that. So it's like YouTube reviewers and then there's one in particular called CinemaSins where they like go after movies and they have like a little ticker and it's like whenever they find something in like the dialogue or the plot or something like that that they think is wrong, okay. they're just like they like call it out and this fucking guy Went off on them hard. Um, And he actually has like a lot of really valid points. But it's just like whenever you see someone tweeting like every minute, like 90 tweets, you're just like, holy shit, something's going on here. Yeah. But uh, I I picked out two that I think summarize it pretty good. He's like, these guys aren't just bad at what they do. uh, Contribute to the uh, devolution of film criticism. They're lazy, hiding behind satire, quote satire and quote jokes Mm -hmm. and he says there's rarely true criticism with merit and cinema sins videos nor any real satire in there stop telling me it's satire so he this guy like has a huge huge thread and it's actually some of it's worth reading but uh because he's talking about all these youtube things and what's wrong with uh all these like kids who fucking review stuff. These kids these days? Not not no not even kids. This Cinemasins guy is like forty five, but oh, like he talks. Like, he yeah, he talks like he he uses the movie Looper as an example mm-hmm. because like he started. They did Kong Skull Island, and yep. he was addressing the criticisms. He's like. Uh, he's like well he's like we explain that or it's like well that's what it's called something like this and then he went to Looper he's like I'll go to a movie I'm not involved with and he was talking about them too and he's kind of like he he just he's screen grabbing what the people said in there and he's talking about like why what they said doesn't work and there was one I thought was funny where in Looper, he's like any – the criticism was any movie that opens with three minutes of first-person narration definitely skipped the first day of screenwriting 101. Yep. And then uh, this Jordan Voight-Roberts guy said, uh, in quotes, I took one class on filmmaking, so now, now I'm an expert on the rules of cinema. <laughs> ignoring, and then he said, ignoring that good films break the rules – uh, and that kind of reminded me of that review we had that one time mm. about the guy who uh, said that uh, we need to understand the context of movies before we can accurately review them Yep. and uh, things of such and such. So yep. it it just reminded me of that guy. So I was it, like, it, okay. It reminded you of the good times. The good times when uh, people left reviews. Yeah. Oh.
0: Hey, did we get it. any
1: email? You never checked the email. No,
0: I did check the email. No, no, uh-huh. no
1: love this week. Man, where you at, guys? Guys, where are you? Okay. Well, anyways, uh, that's all I wanted to talk about because I thought that was kind of funny. Okay. So. Cool. You know, you know how it is, brah. That was it, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's stuff. Hey, Tom Cruise like broke his leg or something. <laughs> <laughs> so <Something. laughs> Sorry, I. Uh, I um. I'm a monster. And that's all there is to it, folks. There you go. Um, well, RJ, it's
0: like only been an hour. <laughs> we have a review Jesus. to do. Why do we do this? Why are uh, we like this? I don't know. Um, after the break, uh, we're going to pull our heads out of our asses. I am waiting. I
1: am waiting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am I am waiting, oh yeah, oh
0: yeah Waiting for someone to come out of somewhere Waiting for someone to come out of somewhere You can't hold out,
1: you can't hold out Oh yeah, oh yeah
0: shaped our minds, the rebels, who challenged our views. But of all these legends, there
1: is one that stands above all others. I'm sorry, did someone say my name? What's the secret, Max? The secret? I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore. Sharp little guy.
0: He's one of the worst students we've got.
1: We're putting you on what we call sudden death academic probation. Could I see some documentation on that,
0: please? Did you invite that kid to your party? Max
1: Fisher. Come on, Dad, there's gonna be girls there. I'd rather die. Put your head out of your... Maybe I'm spending too much of my time starting up clubs and putting on plays. It's time, homie. Kiss me, little one. I should probably be trying harder to score chicks. I like your hat. You're a teacher here, aren't you? Oh, I'm so glad you could come. I want you to meet a friend of mine, Peter Flynn Max Fisher.
0: Hi. Who's this guy? Has
1: it ever crossed your mind that you're far too young
0: for me? I like your nurse's uniform, guy. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? <laughs> I don't know what you see in her. I don't think she's right for you. What's that for? Hello, Herman. How are you, Rosemary? I know about you and the teacher. Is Max no? He's
1: about five foot three, 112 pounds, glasses. You know, you and Hammond deserve each other. You're both little children. War does funny things to men. You'll find a pair of safety glasses and some earplugs underneath your seats. Please feel free to use them.
0: Do you think of Max's latest opus?
1: It's good.
0: But let's hope it's got a happy ending. Rushmore. Thank you very much. And we're back. And tonight we're talking about Rushmore from 1998, directed by Wes Anderson. You might have heard of him. Uh, a synopsis from Letterboxd, the tagline, Love Expulsion revolution. <gasps> when a beautiful first grade teacher arrives at a prep school, she soon attracts the attention of an ambitious teenager named Max, who quickly falls in love with her. Max turns to the father of two of his schoolmates for advice on how to woo the teacher. However, the situation soon gets complicated when Max's new friend becomes involved with her, setting the two pals against one another in a war for her attention
1: mm-hmm yeah that's pretty garbage right <laughs> like, uh i guess i mean how else would you describe this movie uh it's like well, i mean it seems like it's a, from
0: the perspective of the teacher Of, of yeah of, of maybe cross. but yeah, it's, to max me, like, is the main character yeah no? i mean yeah they actually named max but it's like that's about. it sounds like it's about miss cross anywho and the the poster of this movie the like uh one that uh Vista Disney yeah. whatever put out. It's like his hand raised up in revolution. It's like a weird yeah. it's a weird movie poster. I much prefer the um uh Eric Anderson drawing yeah. of uh I, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway I always hated that poster yeah. When I was a kid, I saw that in the movie store, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't want to watch whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, it looks like.
0: Yeah, it looks like really annoying. <laughs> like it, it's a yeah. bad. I had that tape for many years, and it's like I was like, yeah. uh, that cover kind of sucks.
1: <laughs> it sure fucking does.
0: Well, RJ. Bro. Uh, when did so I don't know when did you find out that Rushmore was in the Criterion collection? Is that was that was that like did you connect it at that time Ooh. that hey. Um Wes Anderson like actually that's an interesting way yeah let's just start there uh, maybe which is kind of weird uh, when did you first find out about Wes Anderson in your life
1: huh um, when did I first learn about Wes Anderson that's probably hard to pinpoint for me to be hmm. honest uh, I I don't really know my first my first guess would be there's a guy uh a friend of my brother's who introduced me to many movies one day maybe he'll even be on the show because he was my uh he was my jared duncan before there was a jared duncan he uh yeah bold claim but now he introduced me to good movies where you give me shit like the hidden two anyways uh he would like uh he was my brother's friend and he would always bring over movies to watch with my uh my brother and i would watch them too and he introduced me to stuff like um Clockwork Orange mm. and Pulp Fiction and uh like 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 Kubrick stuff and Quentin Tarantino and all all sorts of the good stuff, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Bro. So I think it was around then. I think uh he probably brought over maybe Rushmore or it could have been what came after Rushmore. Bro Tenenbaums. Bombs. Yeah, pro- probably and Tenenbaums was the first one that I had seen. Yeah, because uh, I, I remember that too. The cover to that really stuck, uh, stuck, really stuck out. Um, but Rushmore took me a long time to watch. Actually, as I was mentioning, I hated the cover, yeah. and I also thought it was that Warren Beatty movie, Bullworth. Ah. I always, conf- I always really confused the 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 titles and the posters and i was just like cuz i remember one time i think my parents were watching bullworth and i was just like oh fuck i was like what a boring movie yeah. and then like at the movie store i confused the covers i was like oh i don't want to rent that i want to rent something fucking cool like uh whenever you say major mo- whenever you say
0: movie store it's like when i hear people say hey, you got any soda
1: pops you got any soda pop that the movie store the <laughs> I store the, at, yeah, I the would- video store <laughs> Video store? Yeah. The movie store, bro. Yeah. Yeah. The video. How is video store better than movie store?
0: <sighs> it, it just is.
1: It just Shut is. up, man. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was actually Rushmore was one that it, uh, I hadn't seen. And I think until I was almost done, like I knew who Wes Anderson was and I was almost done his whole filmography. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit. I never watched uh, Rushmore. I almost said Bullworth. I get those two fucking movies confused. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time, Jer. But, uh, and then I did find out who old Wes was. And I was like, yeah, that guy is pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. What about you, man? I know uh, you are a pretty... self acclaimed big fan.
0: Yeah. So, I think, so back in the late 90s when indie comedies were all the rage. Or it seemed like it more was like something I was like on the look for. Like nowadays, I, I don't watch many comedies because, they're bad uh but like in the late 90s it was really cool and there was like it was like the heyday of the indie 90s comedy because you had like the kevin smith movies and like it was always like who's going to be the next kevin smith and like so everyone watched like a lot of bad crappy movies trying to find it uh then there's like some cult classics that came out of it that people would gravitate toward to various degrees Mm -hmm. um and then rushmore was just one of those movies that like came along in that window um but, like, now when you look back at it, you're like, oh, Wes Anderson's, like, a like a, uh, he was on a different level as a director at that point. I mean, he didn't quite yep. uh, become, like, the formalist that he is now. But, like, it's all yep. there in this movie. So Rushmore was the first of his movies that I watched. Um, and then mm-hmm. I think I probably, because uh, my friend Dan and I, in particular, he loved, like, indie 90s comedy stuff. So, We we, we went out of our waste, like, buying random stuff at stores, and then Rushmore came along. You're like, oh, watch that. And it was like, whoa, this movie's, like, really good. It's got that sort of, like, J.D. Salinger kind of vibe to it of this, like, sort of, like, weird kid. And it's like he's kind of like a misfit, putting on airs of who he is. Uh, He doesn't quite belong. Uh, As in in our uh, introduction Mm -hmm. to this episode, uh, his ambition is much greater than his actual skill or abilities. Um, But he's really good. He's very charismatic i guess in this uh context so yeah rushmore like kind of tapped into like mm-hmm. being like a high school kid being like yeah i don't quite fit in but it's <laughs> because the world's out of order man so yeah. rushmore was like kind of like that but it wasn't like uh i felt uh max fisher is a bit more relatable it's kind of being like a, just sure. like a poor kid trying to make his way in the world of like the uh gifted and bill murray because mm-hmm. it's like i don't know uh, there was a long period mm. of time where like everybody wanted Bill Murray to actually be as cool as people thought Bill Murray was. And all he yep. really had to go on for that was Ghostbusters. And mm. I don't know. I don't buy Caddyshack as his, his, uh, being a really great performance of his being like a retarded Ground groundskeeper. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I don't know. It's not as uh, not like great comedy in my mind, but uh, I don't know. And and Groundhog Day, obviously, but uh, yep. and Scrooge, mm, I don't really like that movie too much. But hey, anyway, oh, yeah. But you're so a bad person. Bill, Bill, Bill Murray is just like one of those guys. Where, like you wanted him, to, you wanted to like him more than I think his movies would have you to. But Rushmore sure. comes along, and he's in this movie. And he wanted to be in this movie real bad because he got it, and he went, I want a mm-hmm. piece of this, and he got into it, and now he's become a Wes Anderson guy. Where it's a like cliche, where it's like oh Bill. Murray in a Wes Anderson movie every single time. Um yep. but anyway, this movie so I think does. uh so yeah, I watched this way back yonder uh and I've watched every Wes Anderson movie ever since. Uh and mm. Criterion Collection clearly loves him as they've put every single thing he's made into it. Uh just waiting for that grand Budapest Hotel uh, announcement to come along.
1: Mm-hmm. Um it'll be it'll probably be within the year. That's that's usually all it takes like for any new Wes Anderson, it's about a year, and then it's in the collection. Sometimes a little the, longer. The last, the, couple, the last the, two, I
0: feel Dar- like. Darjeeling took a little bit longer for whatever reason, but yeah. generally speaking. Is that because you I hate know. it? You No, know, I came around on Darjeeling. Okay, think. yeah, I, I like that movie uh, more now than I did the first time. No, his worst movie is Moonrise Kingdom, like by a, by a country mile.
1: <laughs> Isn't it because that, that one nerd wrote that movie with him? Or? Oh, Roman Coppola? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Yep, well, whatever, but uh, yeah, Wes Anderson is cool, and Bill Murray is cool too. Oh,
0: hey, you know, uh, they announced a, uh, you know what the 900th Criterion was? They It, 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 it was like announced, it's also coming out, I guess, in December or something like that, but it's going to be Spy 900, 100 years of Olympic films. It's like a massive $400 box set of uh, fucking movies on the Olympics. So is Munich
1: be in that list? <laughs>
0: no, uh, but you, there's so Aww. so RJ when we get to episode uh, when we cover spine number 900, that consists sure. of 53 films. <laughs> Fuck you.
1: <laughs> hey, if we're still alive at that point, if we haven't it comes been
0: consumed it. in fire and fury.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a thing like we'll, we'll either be dead or or at that point, you know, it it won't be a podcast anymore. It'll be you and me both in a room talking to each other and someone will walk by and be like, "Who are they talking to?" And like they think they have a podcast. You know, that's sad thing. Um, yeah, it will be sad. Yeah. So do you want to talk about Rushmore?
0: Oh, maybe. or do you have some more stuff uh maybe off, Hey, so okay. About okay. West. So more more ramblings. Uh so I last year sure. I, I kind of went through a phase where I was watching like Quentin Tarantino movies all in chronological order. PT yep. Anderson movies all in chronological order. Uh Wes Anderson's yep. one of those dudes. Um uh, and I watched all his stuff again. Uh cuz it'd been a while and at the time, I was like, "Yeah, Rushmore's still pretty good." I mean, it's definitely lower grade uh, Wes Anderson, blah, blah, blah. and mm-hmm. um, like for me, cause like it's kind of a coin toss between, like I think World Tenenbaums is still like my absolute favorite of his movies. Like I just find it True. like the humanity of it, the feeling of it. I get mm-hmm. when I watch that movie. Everything about it is like so great, uh, and it's like also in the probably in the ballpark is like Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. I think it was like kind of like top yep. three movies. Uh, and yeah, then I was going to ask. But then uh, I think below that, then I'd have like probably Life Aquatic and then uh, Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom is the bottom of the pile. And then Darjeeling sure. uh, is there. And then, God, oh, is that it? So ten, I can. Uh, yeah, his bo- new one bo- comes bo- out next year. Yeah, his uh, his next like animated kind of movie, the dog oh, one, Bottle Rocket, is very much a first director. Like it's a movie, but made yeah. by a first time director, and it's like pretty cool for that. But it's like it is kind of uh, not the not. Great. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. It's it's got some charms. Because uh, like one mm-hmm. of the one of the things that's really great about this movie is uh, this movie was co-written with uh, Owen Wilson, his collaborator mm-hmm. for his first three films. And there's this yep. stuff in this movie that's like that is such an Owen Wilson line. Uh, in particular, when uh, Max is uh, trying to like save Latin, uh, there's oh, the yeah. line where he goes, "In summation, I only have one question: Is Latin dead?" And all I like, mean, that is like totally uh, that is Owen Wilson to me yeah that, that is like exactly how he would say it
1: <laughs> um, who do you think wrote the line when uh um what's his face Jason Schwartman goes up to Bill Murray and he's like were you in the shit and Bill Murray's like yeah I was in the shit that's Owen Wilson okay Because that's what I thought because there's, there's,
0: there's yeah. all, all the bat, all the like really great like dialogue in this movie like the good like funny lines yeah. that's Owen Wilson because oh, yeah. Wes Anderson doesn't write that way like he's he's <laughs> very deadpan um and like that changes, like once you get away, because like, Life Aquatic, he's still in it, but it's not written mm-hmm. by him. Um, but that movie, like that movie, like nails, it. like that's like the the formula of Anderson completely figured out with yep. Life Aquatic, and after that point, it's just it just has become more and more like polished, uh, in a yep. way that like I really like. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. But people really hate Wes Anderson, which like why is, I don't know. Well, I guess I, I kinda, I mean, like keep, I kind people hate.
1: Of, Twee, they tween us <laughs> i was gonna say people uh people hate them hate them because they ain't us uh, well, no wait, that's not how that goes. It's, it's like Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan gets yeah, lots of exactly. shit too, but it's because exactly. he's good at what he does. Yeah,
0: well, I think I think there's people who hate Christopher Nolan way more than Wes Anderson even. Oh um, well, yeah. But like, it's like, whenever time uh, Criterion Collections Facebook page posts like something about like Christopher Nolan, it just brings out yeah. people complaining about Christopher Nolan and people t- complaining, I'm yeah. sure, about Antifa and Black Lives Matter or something like that. Because uh, they're fuck they're because they're they're all unique and they're they're having original thoughts that aren't the same one echoed over and over again. Anyway, yep. Wes Anderson, uh Rushmore. This is a very cool movie. I liked it even more mm-hmm. this time. Um when I was like kind of looking over like all the Criterion films, it's definitely uh in the top portion of the movies, especially mm-hmm. for a, for a comedy. Um, and like we talked mm-hmm. about this, I mean, I haven't even let you talk about Rushmore yet, but like mm-hmm. I'd say, um, in terms of like comedies, I think this movie, like it's more nineties, it's not old. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't think it's really old people humor, uh, like some of the films, like <laughs> this is Spinal Tap or Life of yes. Brian. Uh, I think this movie yes. is like very contemporary. Um, but who knows 20 years from now, people will be like, Rushmore, more like snooze bore. Oh, you're better than that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, a few things I dig, I love immediately that says, yep, yeah, this is Wes Anderson. Uh, Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo, he does the music for this. Uh, mm, he, cool. He's he's the guy that Wes Anderson's been using since uh, Rushmore, uh, mm-hmm. mixed in with his, like, 60s awesome soundtracks, which is, like, a highlight, always, of Wes Anderson movies for me. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I'm basically just going to be lifting some of my favorite songs from the Rushmore soundtrack for the intro and outro for the actual review here. Because sure. I've listened to those songs so many times. I've had my mixtapes with those songs why the fuck Uh not um so there's like the stuff that I love about Wes Anderson um things like letterheads like on like notes that we get Mm -hmm. that are shot overhead in this kind of like uh the fancy word is typological sort of way where it's like a system of things and he's he presents (laughs) it always in this overhead shot um Man, it's like when we talked about this a lot. Like we're it's, that's a Wes Anderson shot. Like we have like when we watched when we were talking he, about uh, M. Like yep. there's like all these things. There's like those are Wes Anderson shots. And obviously, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think uh, Fritz Lang was influenced by Rushmore or anything like that. But it's like fascinating no. that Wes Anderson's like absorbed all this movie making and he's presented mm-hmm. in this way. Um, he's like the flip side of a Quentin Tarantino, where like mm-hmm. they're 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 both like actually kind of doing the same type of thing they're both in love with movies they both love the french new wave in particular uh, and they've like yep. the, the way they've approached genre and storytelling are just so completely different because i think like quentin tarantino mm-hmm. has a certain tarantino-ness to all his movies and wes anderson definitely unavoidably does Um mm-hmm. that's like you can't copy wes anderson movies very easily whereas tarantino it's like people copy like all the um uh, obvious things like, Oh, it's a crime story. It's all you have to do is crime. And then with like Wes Anderson though, it's like, well, here's like a quirky story about like, I don't know, a a half dog Muppet and whatever. Yeah. And a librarian on a bicycle and they're going to go camping. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, Ed Norton and Bruce Willis show up. Fuck. I don't know. Anyway. Uh yes. and then I I agree. Yeah and then just like things like text like his his choice of fonts and like just mm-hmm. uh, handwritten signs that exist in this. Um, there's like mm-hmm. there's just amazing details. Like when um, when Herman Bloom he goes up the uh uh the, the he goes up to the oh god what's it called on the swimming pool the mm-hmm. diving board he like oh, yeah. just off the back in the corner there's like the the happy birthday sign for his two twin sons and it's just mm-hmm. like this like hilarious like hand painted sign for like happy birthday Ronnie and Johnny yeah and it's, like whatever the kids are, whatever yeah. the kids' names are but it's like oh, God, I fucking love his movies. Because there's this, like, and it's just the shot, like, oh, there it is. There's no attention to it.
1: Um, yep. But then, Just just to interrupt you for a second yep. while you're on fonts, one thing I really <laughs> love with his stuff is he always has, like, hand-drawn, like, crayon-y type things. Yep. Like, we're at the end, or there's a scene where um, Jason Schwartzman and that uh, the girl at the public school is flying a plane, and he's like, what do you got there? And she Yang. shows, Yeah, Margaret Yang, and it's, like, a flight plan, he's like, pretty good. yeah. And it's like it's like drawn in like crayons or something like that. Like I feel like he has that stuff in his movies a lot too, and I'm, I dig it. Yeah, that's his. I that's, think it's yeah, super that's, cool. That's,
0: that's all his uh, brother Eric Anderson. That's all his his mm-hmm. doodlings, which are fantastic looking. They're uh, very reminiscent of um. There's the one uh, Canadian uh, artist uh, Marcel Zama. It's very okay. much in the school. Like you've seen, like all the Criterion covers usually use the uh, his brother's drawings of the stuff, and it just sets this mm-hmm. feel uh, to the to the movie that you're about to watch Um, Watch anyway so I've got lots to say about Rushmore but RJ what did you think about Rushmore I know you already gave it four and a half stars but uh, Mm
1: -hmm. well that's because it's a super cool movie and who wouldn't give it four and a half stars unless you were a jerk Um, I'm sure there's people who hate him, but we've talked about that. We'll we'll get Uh, into that too. We'll get there. So yeah, you kind of know my history, but uh, it's been a couple years actually since I watched this. Mm -hmm. And um, I liked it more this time than I remembered when I had first watched it. I think when I had watched it, it's like I said, I had burned through all of his stuff already. So I was really familiar with his his kind of filmmaking and his techniques and like the way he likes to present stuff. So I think when I came to Rushmore, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I liked it. But the story itself, I didn't identify with as much as, uh, his other movies. Um, yeah. because I wasn't a nerd like this kid. I, I was like Bill Murray. I was smoking two cigarettes at once. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene by the way, where he's in the elevator yeah. and he has two cigarettes. Fuck. That's funny. I love stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this movie is so like smooth and cool Yeah, and it has like, it's like you were saying like Bottle Rocket, he, you can tell he's like, he's getting there with his own identity, like with how he makes films and then Rushmore came and it's like, okay, yeah, this is just, this is a Wes Anderson one, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: all of them are like Bottle Rocket is too, but it's like you said, it's yeah. very much a first film. Um, it's got all the great stuff that I think he does the best, like his editing cuts Like the location changes. I feel like he really spiced up the walk and talk like uh, like for like when Jason Schwartzman's like pitching the aquarium to Bill Murray and they're in his factory. And it's like instead of walking, talking, he's like in different locations and it kind of jumps to the next one very fast or very fast. And then uh, they're doing other things and keeps you keeps it fucking moving, man. You 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 dig it. You will love it. Yeah, uh, bro.
0: Yeah, that the the, pl- the scene in the uh, plant when they're uh, figuring out the plans and for the aquarium. Uh, how much <laughs> do you need? And they cut to for the initial plans, thirty five thousand dollars. Fucking mm-hmm. Bill Murray's like acting is so good. Like uh, he's like mm-hmm. I, I, I I I I it's one of those things I see this often I guess about things I really like a lot in movies where it's like I think about yep. that scene all the time of him like kind of like. Reacting and kind of like his hands kind of pop up on the desk and he like takes out the checkbook and he kind of flips it open in these smaller ways and then he kinda of does like a little like uphead head turned like look at him like um I'll give you twenty five hundred dollars. Like he I'll plays out, he he plays out so well and it's like so funny mm-hmm. and like uh nuanced. Uh I just fucking love it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he he's really good and there's a few things I really like with him, but um, I was going to say the other like really good Wes Anderson things like I think the obvious one is with uh, the plays that they put on <laughs> it's very much like it was it was like a way for him to kind of showcase like his love of sets and stuff like that yeah. which would become such yeah. such a staple in all of his movies yeah. where it's like the big elaborate sets and uh, things like that I think the plays were a way for him to work that out at first yeah and then um, I think this movie as a whole does a really good job like movie is an hour and a half it's perfect running time perfect comedy you don't feel length. like you, perfect comedy length and it has it goes through all the arcs man you have the rise you have the fall and then you have the redemption you, you a, got it
0: all in there man well the movie's got like kind of like it kind of goes out avoids that kind of five arc story or the three or mm-hmm. three act story it, it's like it's, it's, got, yeah, so, it's it got some weird like it's got sections yeah. like it's got this mm-hmm. this 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 and it's got like I don't know probably about I didn't break it down, by like eight sections and it all works very yep. well. Like it's uh, actually, it's very, uh, uh, Godardian, I guess. Cause like those movies usually work sure. in chapters as well. And like, they just don't bring sure. obvious attention. Actually, no, that's not true. Cause they use the months cause they use like, yep. like for each, uh, section of the what month it is like September,
1: November. Cause yeah, this is a Halloween movie. And, and a Christmas movie. And a Christmas movie. So you could watch this at any season. That's right. But, uh, no, yeah, I thought that was really good. And the only thing, like, there's a lot of stuff I really like that I'm going to get to. The only thing I don't like is I don't like him. Uh, What's his name, Max? Like, Jason Schwartzman's character. Yeah. I think he's a real piece of shit. Uh, Not totally, like, he kind of saves himself at the end. But I feel like he's shitty to his dad because he's, like, embarrassed where he came from. Mm. And it's like, I get it. There's a lot of people who are like that that come out of, like, the shit as it was but his dad is so fucking nice seymour <laughs> by the way i love seymour cassell he is the coolest fucking dude yeah. and he's so sweet and he's so kind and then like he's not even being mean but like when he tells people he's like yeah my dad's a neurosurgeon for his, I, I felt bad for his dad mm-hmm. and it made me dislike him and then i don't know he gets kind of rapey at a few points but he's in love and Is that justification? He doesn't actually like rape anyone, but he, no. he really tries to steal a smooch. Yeah,
0: but you know, you know, you, you see your your opening, you gotta make the shot, bro. You gotta make the shot,
1: yeah. And, and, and then and, and, he uh, and, and doesn't go much further than that. He takes yeah. a, he took a shot, it didn't work out. And this Move is on. one I actually yeah. This is one I actually like a lot. But you could see it as a bad thing, where the uh, the escalation and pranks when he's like got it out for Bill Murray, yeah. he, he does the bees and then he goes straight to cutting his brakes, <laughs> like he's trying to kill him. Yeah. So my only point is, I feel like he's like kind of a bad dude, kind of a
0: sociopath.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like kind of a bad dude, but well, then at the same time, at the end, like he, it's like I said, he kind of makes up for it, and you're like, all right, man. All right. I, I kind of wonder if uh, like Wes
0: Anderson's last movie will be like uh, bringing together these characters into one film, like where we see like where Marvel like,
1: Cinematic Universe.
0: Yeah, well, it's like the big crossover when they go fight Galactus, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I guess it'll be played by Bill Murray but uh, yep. anywho but no, I, I'm kind of curious because where Max Fisher is now like what kind of what, what is, where is he in like what does he do because it's like he seems to be like a political animal he's one of those guys that would want to be because he gets other people to do things for him he just like gets people to do stuff like, like that's not in their own best interest but he just gets them to do it because he needs to accomplish his own goal uh, but right. when he actually has to do his own stuff like his like uh, science diorama about tidal waves it's like it's really yeah. it's like shitty and mm-hmm. like very childlike and it's like that's yep. intentional but at the same time like yeah it's really bad And, like, Mm -hmm. for, like, someone that age and, like, making things that look, like, that crappy, it's, like, he's incapable of doing it. Which is, like, really cool for, like, a character Mm -hmm. to be, like, that way. Because usually those characters are, like, too cool for school. They're the Ferris Bueller types. Yeah. Um,
1: No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I think that's why that opening, the intro to him is so well. Because, (laughs) like it's like a bait and switch you're like oh yeah okay i get it he's the boy genius who's Uh good at everything but then it's like oh no wait he's like involved in everything but he kind of sucks like at like at a lot of the stuff he does like he's bad at school and he's bad at dioramas so it's it's nice it's a good
0: flip but he's a he's a a great leader of men
1: (laughs) yeah exactly no exactly
0: uh so yeah the movie's got those uh sweet wide angle lenses employed uh mm-hmm. that look great you got that central figure thing that i think once you watch that one uh, internet video laying out like the formal aspects of wes anderson and about central figures you can't not see it anymore so maybe don't watch it i'm sure you already have because if you're i haven't movie, okay well it'll no, drive you, it'll, it'll drive won't. it'll just drive you nuts when you watch um uh, uh, excuse me his movies Oh,
1: what are you what are you drinking beers I, over I, there? You got the burps?
0: Uh, soda sort of pop.
1: And at least I uh, acknowledge my belches are I Bailog. don't because I don't know how often they actually come through. So totally. if if it didn't if it didn't come through. I know you say that it does, but I listen to these episodes, dude, and it doesn't always come through. <laughs> Ugh. Um. No. We? Anyway. Oh, hey. Uh.
0: Yeah. Max Fisher's shitty plays. So like, there's this whole yep. thing. Like, I'm not sure if people are supposed to acknowledge this, but like, his the whole thing about like emulating uh, movies. Like, he's making plays yeah. about movies, and it's like in this yep. world, do people realize he's stealing these ideas? Because they never actually point that out. Like, because he's just doing. I'm going to do. I'm going like to do Serpico. Ser- I'm gonna do Serpico. I'm, yeah. And then he's going to do Heaven and Earth, and it's literally called Heaven and Earth, and uh-huh. uh, it's it's just like his pastiches of uh, these things but it's like are people just kind of like oh that's cute he makes his plays but they're just like rip-offs of other things and it's like I mean that's a thing that 15 year olds do is like all the stuff they think they're doing are like original they're actually just rip-offs of the things that they really
1: like at the time it's like Shia LaBeouf when he uh he ripped off Dan Klaus and he was like, Well, he he's just so influ- influential to me that I didn't even realize I was ripping him off,
0: even though it's like he opened up the graphic novel and rented the page and went, Yep, there's the line, I'm gonna write that. Into there's the, the screenplay. line, thank you,
1: yeah, thank you, Dan Klaus. You mm. don't watch movies, you'll never find out. No, uh, yeah. so yeah, one of the all time
0: great moments of this movie and in cinema is uh, Bill Murray taking his boys home as they load into the car <laughs> yeah. and uh, they're just carrying on and uh, you get the wonderful line pull your head off your ass uh, and then uh, Bill uh, Bill Murray's lunge backward like as he just, just like, goes to, like I'm not sure if he's like what he's doing if he's just like throttling or like trying to punch his like yeah. wrestling troglodyte son uh, yeah. but I'm like that's that is some classic parenting That's such dad shit. That's so funny. That's just stuff that no one wants to talk about that their dad did because now it's
1: like, oh, that's child (laughs) abuse. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 but it, it raises good kids yeah and yeah. as long as you don't take it too well, far but that's yeah know, i love that too. yeah when when you push dad too far <laughs> yeah when dad reaches back he's like hey you little shit he's oh, like yeah. shaking him fuck oh, that's oh, yeah. so, so funny bill murray like we were saying he's so fucking good in this movie mm-hmm. like i don't know if he improvs some things but there are two things that like i mean there's lots of stuff that he does like i was saying the two cigarette thing the strong arm mm-hmm. But the two things I really love too is uh, when he um – When he delivers the secret or, like, the message to the teacher from Max, he's, like, he wanted to apologize. And (laughs) then she's, like, reading it, and he's, like, walking away. And then all of a sudden, he just fucking runs through the field. I was watching that. I was, like, why does he run away? Like, I don't know. Like, is that something he just decided to do? Because I think it's fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. And then the other time when he's on the phone, he's, like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't think your girlfriend's that great. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, she's not that cool. As he's he's walking
0: around and peeking through windows that have a grade
1: one class he's following her around but then he walks through the basketball court and the kid goes to shoot it oh. and he just like, just stuffs that little kid yeah fuck it's funny oh fuck because you, you and that
0: that's improvised like 100 yeah. like that's just because i mean fuck you have bill murray like doing whatever he wants and like you have like this mm-hmm. great character he's just gonna you let him let him uh <laughs> figure things out
1: and uh yep. it'll be memorable <laughs> so those two things are oh, everything he does he's so good mm-hmm. in this jason schwartzman's fucking wicked in this dude you know he's only 18 in this movie wow I didn't even think about that yeah I looked it up because (laughs) I was like I was like I wonder how old he was because uh this movie next year will be 20 years old yeah and I was just like holy shit that's a that's a long time hmm yeah that that is pretty incredible actually that's like gotta be one of the
0: old like yeah, that's up there with like one of those like all like I mean that really does tie in movies like there's movies like Ghost World where you have like Thor Birch and yeah. Scarlett Johansson that's like they really ground this like these movies and sometimes these like yep. these like indie teen comedies or whatever it's like if you don't have like the right actors to like make it work it doesn't it falls really apart yeah. so
1: yeah k- k- kudos for uh, I, yeah I just looked it up too and this was actually his first movie also yeah. so. Like I, he was probably acting in other things, but first movie, and he was eighteen. Man, mm-hmm. that's quite the accomplishment. Well, I guess he's.
0: I mean, it's not like he. He comes from. He has the uh, acting history, though. Like the, the. He's got the family connections. He's got uh, that. I don't, he's, know, I don't know about that. Oh, he's got that Francis Ford Coppola. He's got that going on. Oh, yeah. On. And, and yeah, I yeah. mean, James Kahn was in... Uh, James Conn was the guy who became a big fan of uh, yeah. Bottle Rocket, and then he was in the, I mean, the real movie version of it. And then, I mean, James Khan that goes to Godfather, and that goes to Francis Ford Coppola, and it all falls together. Sure. And so, yeah, Jason Schwartzman shows up in your movie, and, oh, he actually can act. He's not just garbage. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that doesn't always work out. Uh, but anyways, no, so, it doesn't always, yeah. but... God, what the hell is the line moving on from? God damn, I wrote it down and I'm like blinking, what on. The, moving on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Maybe it wasn't as funny as I thought it was because I'm like, "What does that mean?" I I have one too where I, I just wrote down, "Is that Latin?" And I was like, "I can't remember one." Oh, I think oh, it was when the bully oh, that the is bully the same. That's something. the that's no, that's the same scene. That's the same scene because
0: that that's when uh, that, it, it all connects. Yes, yeah, it's, it's when Max Fisher uh, goes over to Miss Cross on the benches, yeah. and he's like pretending to be this like above hat with his little hat, and she's like, "That's a nice little yeah. hat, thanks." And he's like, "What are you reading?" And blah blah blah, and she's like, "I study like some Central Amer- like Central Latin yeah. politics." Oh. Latin, yeah, and then he starts talking about you know they're canceling Latin. Oh, it's a different type of Latin than that. And then <laughs> she says, uh, and then he, uh, Max is like, he's like, oh, that's interesting. Moving on, <laughs> and uh, he just cuts off that line of questioning because it doesn't, it doesn't have him like being able to say, I'm going to save Latin essentially. And then she, yeah. then she throws some Latin out to him. He's like, what's that? Oh, it's Latin. <laughs> and, oh, it's yeah. Latin. Yeah, because he's like, yeah. he's a kid. He's trying to play bigger ball, and it's like Miss Cross is just kind of like, I don't, know. I think that she like. She's such a good character. Yeah. She's, like, amazing. Like, she's so, like, perfectly cast. Like, she's, like, totally, like, yeah, I can Mm -hmm. see totally people, like, being in love with her. Like, she seems like this really sweet kind of, like, uh, I don't know, great person that is damaged but also very warm. And, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. most people would probably be totally into that. Um, Oh, yeah. And then, of course, we get the marvelous exchange of, were you in the shit?
1: Yeah, I was in the shit. Yeah, I was in the ship. Yeah,
0: this is, like, uh amazing uh yeah, we... i was in the
1: shit that's my favorite i mm-hmm. think that's my favorite line in this whole movie yeah uh, yeah i was
0: in the shit yeah there's there's some good ones uh oh there's also like i don't know what like uh herman's declaration of come work for me it's like to, what, <laughs> to do what just to, like make him not feel old and miserable and yep.
1: sad with his uh painting of him smoking at the family portrait painting <laughs> oh i love that that reminds me of an old guy that i know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah i i love that that's so fucking wicked yeah oh by the way we haven't mentioned but uh, how cool is brian cox oh i wish he was in more things i believe the response is what's that supposed to mean what's that supposed to mean mean? what's that supposed to mean Yeah. yeah, Brian Cox is so good. I yeah. love that fucking guy. Yeah,
0: he's great. Um, uh, mm-hmm. what else? Oh yeah, there's like also uh, the other thing I love in uh these these uh Wes Anderson flicks is uh like cuz usually the movies are very like standard like cut cut tripod shots, but then he drops in those uh the handheld shots, the tracking shots uh oh, for yeah. the yeah. for the sense of verisimilitude, the vérité feel. And it works so well. Like it, he pulls yeah. it off better than a lot of people do.
1: Yeah. um hey i have one question about this movie yo. one thing that i don't really understand and yeah. i'm not sure if i missed it or you know when max wait that's his name right yeah when he like goes and tells bill murray's wife that bill murray is having an affair and then he's like t- telling her but then there's like loud sirens and yeah. it the audio drowns out like what he's saying yeah. why does he do that is it like um I, I, I never really understood he, that. I maybe, was like, I maybe, was like, what? Maybe
0: he was like, just like they shot it and it was like boring. And he's like, oh, we'll yeah, we'll just do this. It's stylish and it's like it's something okay. that Godard would do. And it's like, cause you don't need to know. You don't need to actually hear what they say because he's he's going to because the next cut is because what he's going to say this, which we already know that he's going to tell him he's had a uh, he's having an affair, and then they cut to him in the hotel room. In, oh, or checking into the lobby. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, I'm checking in just like a Royal Tenenbaum checking into a hotel. Um, that, being that a seems sad really bastard. good too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It works. It, it, it sets up that. How gag. long will you be staying with us? He's like, indefinitely. I'm being sued for a divorce. Yeah. And the guy's like, very good. Yeah. <laughs> very um,
0: good. Oh, and then, uh, what else we got here? Ah, uh, don't fuck with my play. I've like, that's like one of my favorite things of this, like of an artistic genius who's just like, yeah. don't fuck with my play. And gets and there's like, it's so heated you get punched in the face and it's handheld, yep. everything. Wonderful. Uh, and then we got the, I think the first example of slow motion in, uh, this movie. Uh, cause it's like when, uh, everyone's coming out to applause from the crowd yeah. and then Max comes out walking and then he, there's the slow motion turn with his, uh, bleeding nose, yep. um, basking in his glory. Um. Mm-hmm. very very Wes very good and uh, Luke Wilson remember him I do yeah it was nice to see him yeah um, and then of course we got like I fucking love uh, Max, who's this guy <laughs> I just love how much he yeah. hates Luke Wilson because it's like I think it's because like, yeah. you're supposed to read it, it's like Luke Wilson's the handsome doctor and he just like has no time mm-hmm. for this guy and he's just like he's like these are my these are our scrubs to which we get mm-hmm. oh are they
1: <laughs> oh are they yeah that's yeah. That, that, yeah,
0: he, that's got, that's some Owen Wilson right there. Yeah.
1: That's real fun. Yeah. Everyone thinks so.
0: Yeah. Uh, then at one point I realized, oh yeah, Dirk uh, is Dennis the Menace.
1: Yeah. What happened to that guy? Uh, Did he ever do anything else? No, no. He just mm.
0: looks like he's kind of phased out of acting. You know, he was in Bad Moon as well, which I didn't remember. Oh. Yeah. He's a kid. I nap. didn't even, No, yeah. I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh yeah, and So Max gets kicked out of school because uh, he's going to destroy the baseball diamond. Step too far. He goes to the yeah. the local public school, but he manages to like take over the school fairly quickly. Uh, as a good sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um. And, oh yeah. Another great moment in the movie is uh. Do you want a carrot? Yeah. Yeah. I have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I have
1: one of those. Yeah. That one was pretty good
0: just, too. Just, just chomps on that carrot a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, then we get the escalation as uh max everything's revealed hand jobs and uh things are revealed more more, more hand talk of hand jobs <laughs> and jacuzzis uh yeah. the bees, the wrecking of a bike, cutting brakes uh and then like this is all being watched by uh, pagoda from royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> uh the, whoa that's the name in uh, royal Tenenbaums. The, pagoda? the yeah the uh uh yeah yeah yeah. An in, Indian guy I guess. Like he he's he just shows up in these Wes Anderson movies and he's just there. Yep. He can't act. He stabs mm-hmm. he stabs people when need be. It's all it's all good.
1: Like all good American filmmakers mm-hmm. or film people's. Yeah. Uh
0: yeah, and then we get the the the, the moving November montage of sadness to uh, uh the, the the Rolling yeah. Stones uh I am waiting, which is amazing uh and then the downward mm-hmm. yeah, this, just the downward spiral of herman bloom the emotional wreck of miss cross Max's depressive funk it's just like mm-hmm. it's great great filmmaking it feels earned too uh because you, yeah. you want to see things work out for these guys uh um, yeah you do as the previously mentioned uh uh i love margaret yang she, she she's a chick i yep. would have loved in school she's great uh, uh, Gross. <laughs> She's, she's um she's, yeah <laughs> i don't have anything else to say no, but that is pretty you, you, gross. you, well, you don't wanna talk about high school girls no thanks oh, what's what's up with you bro uh i prefer not to go to jail but you know whatever <laughs> Fic- they're fictional rj they're fictional just like uh, just, just like those drawings we exchange gotcha anyway uh the other great moment of great uh, bill murray acting is with max's dad when he finds out like oh he's a, he's a barber and, like, it's so good because it it's not like this, like... It's like this reveal that just plays out well and sweetly. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, and then you get the Wes Anderson big come-together scene because that's what always happens. Uh, I think yep. that's, that's a thing that he likes to go for in, like, all of his movies where everything kind of comes together into one big celebration of humanity mm-hmm. um i love the latin being thrown out at the end of heaven and earth it pays off that latin subplot of like all these kids taking uh latin uh because they're forced mm-hmm. to now and <laughs> why not and then bill's, bill's tears and then oh
1: no. and the movie goes out on some faces mm-hmm. Ooh, la- la. i uh my fa- actual my the I was in the shit was my favorite. But my other favorite line in this movie is when uh, Luke Wilson goes to Seymour uh, Cassell. And he's like, I understand you're a nerd- neurosurgeon. And he's like, no, I'm a barber. But a lot of people make that mistake. Uh, I think that is really funny. And I wish when I was doing neuroscience, I had that line in the back pocket. But, yeah. you know, one day. One day you can go back. One day I'll go back. Take back the night. Ooh, gross.
0: <laughs> so RJ, there are Yo. people there's certain people no, who hate the, who hate this movie. Um, and they've actually the ni- one of the nice things that Letterbox has done is it, they've made it way easier to like look up the lowest ratings because initially what they would do is when you pull that up it would have all mm-hmm. the zero stars like non ratings as the lowest rated mm-hmm. movies but now they've eliminated all that so it starts right with like the first half star that was last logged. Gotcha. And this was posted by G N uh, back in February. I have a half star. I have a migraine because of this movie. I think I'm going to drink a bottle of wine and have an afternoon nap. On a totally separate note, so when is Jason Schwartzman going to die? Wow, so wait all you Wes Anderson coprophiliac winkers know for a fact that Anderson is a racist, pretentious bottle of diarrhea. They literally say the N-word in this accident of a movie. And you will still try to argue and tell everyone he is not racist, that people are reading too much (laughs) into his white, Mm. upper-class, male-centric movies with lower-class, non-white extras that are replaceable and have insignificant roles.
1: Boy, oh boy. Sounds like a social justice warrior. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't agree with any of those things. I don't think that's actually accurate.
0: Um, yeah, so there's those people. Uh, you know, I've seen people try to start that up with David Lynch in Twin Peaks uh, lately, saying that there's only been, like, one black person and she was a p- prostitute. And I was like, what uh, are, What about Ernie Hudson? He, he was a man in military uniform. Yeah. Or the, the, the announcer of the, the roadhouse. <laughs> I mean, okay, yep. fair enough. There's not a lot of... Color in the, uh, <gasps> the, the 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 Twin Peaks verse in the David Lynch universe for yeah. the most part. Uh, one of the ones that jumps out to me is the voodoo guy in at Heart. Um, oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but I don't know what that tells you other than I don't know <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Tell me more, Jared Duncan. <sighs> Zowie Zau- Lynn uh gave this movie one star. Overrated. Worst movie I'd seen in a while. Everything builds up and goes up in smoke. Not sure why the title is even Rushmore. It should have been Fisher (laughs) if Wes Anderson wanted a one-word title. After it ended, I was surprised it was only one and a half hours long because the plot seemed to drag on forever. Mm. That's not clever. No. Don't do that. Thomas Roche, one star. Yes, I know you love this film. Yes, I really do hate it. Yes, I know you can't comprehend that. Yes, I understand you think I'm a shithead. Yes, I understand that everyone loves this film except for me. For one, me, and two, a small number of people who find it too inoffensive to have a strong opinion on. No, when I say hate, I don't mean I'm out one of the latter. I mean I hate it with every fiber of my being. Yes, now that we've got that unpleasant piece of business to finish, I'd like to never talk about this film
1: again. I'd like to never talk about this person again. Oh, if, if that. Oh, see, I'm clever too. I got snappy ass comments,
0: buddy. Mhm. You showed all of them. I showed. I showed you jerks. So, uh, this movie has 851 fans on Letterboxd and's been nice. viewed like 47,000 times by people. Apparently, that's quite nice. a bit. Actually, that's a lot. No. Yep. yep. That is a lot. I think it's like one of those movies where uh, being a Criterion title has not s- stopped people from watching it. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it seems like known people don't do it.
1: I think uh, Old Wes is above that.
0: Yes, I think he's he's in the mainstream. His movies mm-hmm. do better and better every time out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they do. Um, oh, yeah, here's some other good ones. Peter Burgess, one star. Am I the only one who finds Wes Anderson's quirkiness horribly nauseating? Yes, uh, and yes, then you are. here's a one and a half star review from Robot Pie. I enjoyed this film by Wes Anderson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's actually a pretty good review. I like that. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. See, this is the thing, though. The people who hate Wes Anderson, one and yeah. a half star by Eddie, a film for sad, quirky Tumblr kids in brackets, hipsters. Not a fan. Can't relate. And so that becomes okay. the, the label of quirky and like it being inherently bad it's kind of like the thing about david lynch being weird
1: wes anderson's quirky um yeah i don't like when people like i mean if you don't like it that's fine but i don't uh, know sometimes i don't like things and i can look at them objectively but i'm also a big hypocrite so whatever
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, here you go. Tom Prankard. Two stars. Wes Anderson's debut isn't as twee and cloying as his later work would get. and almost feels like a normal film in places. Some laughs, but everyone is far too unlikable
1: for it to be much fun. This isn't even his debut. So what is this guy talking about? This guy didn't even do his research. No. It's not his debut,
0: fucker. Um, Yeah, garbage pile. Anyway... Uh I don't know if you don't like Wes Anderson that sucks cuz Wes Anderson's yep. got a lot to say and his movies are pretty great. Um mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Cool. With all those s- sentiments. Sweet. Well, after the break, uh I'm going to go cut RJ's breaks.
1: You try, you fucker, I'll hit you with the bees. <laughs> Not the bees. <laughs>
0: People can see what I'm doing, right? You're doing the uh, General
1: Akari hand thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a, a visual medium. Since you're ashamed of your father, what do you tell people that he does for a living? Um, I tell him, uh, I tell other people that he is uh, the Thor from those Marvel movies. That's the character's name, right? The Thor. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very satisfied with my family. I think they're all cool dudes. So I would never make up such, such, such fictions. <laughs> Not like you, chump. Um,
0: well, you folks can email us at CriterionCreeps at gmail.com and tell us, uh, I don't know, what, I mean people ask you, hey, what podcast are you listening to? And you're ashamed of us. What you tell them? Like, oh, you know, something with sports, I guess. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan, and he's Barn Loaf. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Next week, spine 66. 67 68 oh, and 69 I fucking hate you. Ow. Jean Cocteau is back with a vengeance as we get to watch all three films of the Orphic trilogy, The Blood of the Poet from 1930, Orpheus from 1950 and Testament of Orpheus from 1959. Hate you. Hey, that's you like suck. See it's cool though cuz there's four spine numbers but there's only three movies. Is there? I don't know. You watch one of the movies again. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how this is going to fucking work. But, uh, you know, space and time will have to hopefully come into place. And we'll be able to watch all three of those movies and then talk about it. Ah, <sighs> <sighs> uh, man. But, hey, Johnny Cocteau is a good guy. Is he? Yeah, he is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, he's a good one.
1: He's no Fellini. Oh, well, Fellini. That's good news. Mm-hmm. Fellini sucks
0: dude uh, all right well good night folks uh, talk to you next time um,
1: see you later losers <laughs> uh, is that is that a good one yeah <laughs>